Welcome to Home Selling Hero, hosted by real estate veteran Tom Didion. Each week, we break down today's ultra-hot home sellers market and give you the tips, tricks, and guidance to navigate the selling process and get the most out of selling your home. Proudly presented by the Tom Didion team. Let's jump in. Okay, greetings and moyen, everybody. Welcome back to the Home Selling Hero podcast. I am your host, Tom Didier with Remax United, and today's guest is Michelle. Michelle is with Nightberry Title. She is literally across the street from me and one block over, and she is the branch manager for the local title company, Nightberry. You guys, you guys being the listeners, might remember we've had Craig Haskins, who is the CEO of Nightberry, on a couple of times to talk about foreclosures and what else did we talk? Oh, 1031 exchanges, riveting stuff. So Michelle is my guest today. And we're going to talk about something that is pretty relevant, and we're going to talk about scams and fraud and cybercrime. And here we are in the middle of late 2023, and it is, I would say, it's prevalent. It's everywhere. This is my 27th year doing this, and back in the old days, there really wasn't many scams, but it is out there and it is real. So we're going to try and give some tips and tricks to both buyers and sellers because you're all at risk. Um, So with that, Michelle, take two minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us who you are and what you've been doing. Well, thank you for having me. Like you said, my name is Michelle. I am the branch manager here at Nightberry Title in Port Washington, going on my seventh year here. Prior to that, I was in a real estate career as well. I've been a licensed realtor since 2005. Obviously doing this, not practicing. I leave that to Tom and the professionals at this point, but been in real estate since 2005. Right. And your roles within the title company, you've had a few different roles. I mean, the most recent being branch manager. Yep. I started as a closer and a processor here and then slowly worked my way uh, to branch manager. Congratulations. You're doing a great job. Thank you. So I'm going to start with a story (laughs) and I'm much older than you and you were a realtor at one time. I don't know if you've heard this story, but when I started, the only scam I heard about, and this was during real estate school was, and this was in the 1970s, I think, was this guy that was knew he was going to be going through a divorce and he went around the whole state of Wisconsin writing offers on properties, really crappy offers that he knew wouldn't get accepted. And he was writing really good earnest money checks with the offer. So he'd write a crappy offer, $5,000 earnest money. It'd get deposited into that broker's trust account. He knew it wouldn't get accepted. And then he'd go on, he'd travel three hours away and he did this. And of course, if anybody knows anything about trust accounts, once money goes in there, it's got to sit there. You can't, get it back until the guy comes signs for it. So he showed up like three to five years later, all these places and all these brokers like you I've been trying to get a hold of you for years. Where have you been? Oh yeah. Sorry. I've been traveling. And then he collected all of his $5,000 earnest money checks and he was hiding. He hit all this money successfully, or, or maybe he didn't successfully. I don't know. It, it ended up in our real estate school. So that was the only, have you heard that story before? You're shaking your head like you actually have. Yes. Yes. It brings back memories. We actually had a situation when I was a realtor where someone similar going through a divorce deposited earnest money into our trust account. Then the timing of it was such with the divorce that he took a trip to Vegas And then when people were looking for the money, basically told everybody, I lost it in Vegas. And he literally came back years later and wanted his money back. And we too were like, where the heck have you been? And he successfully hid thousands of dollars from the now ex-wife. No kidding. That's a really good real life story I had not heard. So it's still 
All right. So we got to be careful of that too. So cybercrime, you know, here we are, we're on the internet. We're literally on the internet and people are wiring money. I did some quick stats on the WRA website because this is becoming so prevalent that the warning language for buyers and sellers has now made its way into buyer agency forms to listing contracts. Basically tells everybody, you know, be aware of wire fraud and what it is. And it said that what's really interesting is that you know, transactions are going down. The last three years, transactions, the number of transactions have been going down, down, down. Well, for the last three years, the number of real estate-related wire fraud scams have been going up, up, up. So last year it was up 60%. And it said that in 2022, the total loss from real estate-related scams was $400 million. And small business generally, cybercrime in general, was $2.7 billion in losses from cybercrime. So this is a, these are big numbers. These are big, big numbers. So, you know, the big, the big thing is wire fraud, right? And it, it can affect both the buyers and sellers. So talk to our listeners about, try and summarize, I guess, the biggest scam that's going on as it relates to wire fraud. So it's kind of linked to another scam, actually. All of this has to start someplace. And what we're noticing is that emails are getting hacked, and that's the starting point. So one of the things that Nightberry Title is very, very concerned with, and we're trying to get the word out every chance we get, is if you are using an email platform that's a Gmail, an MSN, a Hotmail, that type of platform, Take the three minutes before the sun sets today and set up your two-factor authentication. I have a hard time saying that word. It's a free service that your email um, platform provides. And what's really neat about that is once it's set up, even if a hacker gets your username and password, they can't go any further than that. So what we're seeing when it comes to wire fraud is somebody's getting into email somewhere. And then once that happens, the hacker starts having conversations either with the buyer or the seller, convincing them to wire money to someplace that is obviously fraudulent. And that's really where it starts. That can impact buyers who are a couple days away from closing and they're looking to wire in their cash to close amount, it can happen to sellers as well. So if you can keep your email safe, that is going to be your first form of defense. All right. So the first tip is two-factor authentication, big word, and it's free. And if you have email, you have access to it. So do it. It'll protect you. All right. So let's talk about and tell me if I'm telling my clients correctly. I tell my team members how to coach our clients as the buyers. You're going to get wire instructions at some point from the title company. We always tell them, do not follow those instructions at all until you have personally called the title company, right? And verified that the email came from them. But how do you know you're actually calling the right title company? I mean, what if the phone number goes to a different night? Right, right. And that can happen. If they're getting into your emails to, you know, change documents or what have you, they can change phone numbers too. So what we're doing here at Nightberry Title to stay ahead of these fraudsters is we have linked arms with a company called Certified. Certified is a platform that will verify wire instructions. Now they verify wire instructions when it comes to us needing to send mortgage payoffs for the seller because we've seen fraud there. We can send our our wire instructions securely through that platform. And we can also receive your wire instructions securely through that platform as well. What they do is they take it one step further and they verify that, let's say, Tom, I'm sending you this certified link and I need you to send me your wire instructions. This platform will actually verify that it's talking to you. 
So if you've ever had to do this before with another platform, I think it's linked to the credit report. So it would say, Tom, back in 1995, did you buy this type of vehicle and take out a loan? Well, only you're going to know that, right? So it goes through this series of questions and it actually verifies that I'm really talking with the right person, which is important. Now, Nightbreed Title, really, Craig probably has told you this too in the past. The only thing that really keeps us up at night here at the title company is wire fraud because depending on the dollar amount, one wire going to the wrong place can bankrupt a company. And obviously, it has a huge impact on either that buyer or that seller too. So we use certified here all the time. And one of the biggest benefits to doing that is certified will ensure all of the wires that we send using their program up to a million dollars. So if they verify a wire wire instructions and they tell us it's safe and we send the wire and somehow it wasn't safe, your money is protected. Yeah, that's good. So it's kind of like, what is the banking protection? Is it insurance? Is it FDIC insured? Is the insurance that everybody has? So there is insurance available for consumers for this sort of thing. It's interesting hearing you talk about the questions that they ask, because my wife and I just got at the airport, I think it's called Clear. That's like the, the retinal scan. It's not TSA pre-check. It's not that, you know, there's so many now, but they scanned our retinas and we gave them our information. And then the computer was asking us these questions and we looked at each other like, this is creepy. Like you said, like, did you borrow, you know, money for a 1992 Chevy truck in the year, you know, 1996, things like that. We are, it is weird. Like, yeah. So there is information on almost everybody out there, unless you're really living off the grid, I guess. But so those questions are there. The security questions are there to protect you and, you know, answer them honestly. All right. So if I'm buy, if I'm a buyer and I'm buying a house, it's $300,000. I'm going to be borrowing 80% from the bank. You know, my money's already with the bank, so they're going to have access to my money. The bank is really the one that's going to handle the transfer, correct? The, the wire transfer. So am I off the hook? If I'm a typical borrower and getting a mortgage, how am I at risk of uh, any of this? Or is it really just my bank's risk? No, not at all. As a buyer, you're still at risk. And the the one main reason or uh, way that you're at risk is if you've been communicating throughout this buying process with a realtor that does not have a secure email. Let me tell you the stories and the examples that I've witnessed, not personally, but heard about in training seminars here, et cetera. These hackers, once they get in, they're fast. They can have full-blown conversations with your buyer, and you don't even know what's going on. And your buyer doesn't know what's going on because it looks like it's coming from you. So again, Protecting your email is going to be your first line of defense. As a buyer, um, a lot of times the lender will be responsible for wiring their funds to the closing. We have that happen often. Lenders know that they call here to verify wire instructions before they send funds. I mean, they eat, breathe, and sleep wire fraud too. But as a buyer, if you're going to be the one responsible for sending your wire, call and verify. Take the five minutes to make sure that the instructions you have are the ones that were actually sent to you. And is there anything wrong with, I've told my clients just go down and see you. I mean, that's fine too. If it's a local transaction, they can actually go to the Nightberry office Present yourself. I am a human. My name is X and, you know, verify the information. Yeah. And ultimately, we still have some concerns with that process, too, because did they receive the wire instructions via email? Was that secure? How was that sent and received? We don't know. Tom, the the process for us to insure those wires up to a million dollars, which is a free service Nightberry Title provides, um, is super simple. I need an email address and a cell phone number. 
That's it. It's a super easy process. And so we would prefer to run all of our wire instructions, whether we're sending or receiving through certified for that protection. But yes, I mean, you do have elderly people selling, buying that aren't savvy when it comes to computers, and some of them don't even have, you know, cell phones, then by all means, come on in, let's see you and we'll work it through. It wasn't that long ago that I remember you guys started asking our clients for photo IDs in the club. I mean, maybe three years ago, four years ago, I lose track of time, but you used to never ask for, you didn't need to ask for ID of who you are. That's kind of twofold too, because some, some of those documents require a notary. And as part of being a notary, you have to keep track of who you're sitting with and who you're watching sign documents, and you need to verify that they are who they are. But we all know that it's easy to come up with fake IDs, too. So that's another. And that leads me into seller impersonation fraud, which is the the next thing that we're seeing, too. Have a house to sell, but not sure who to trust when it comes to getting the best deal and leveraging the current market? Trust the experts at the Tom Didier team. With over a quarter century of selling Milwaukee, Tom and his team of real estate experts are here to ensure that you get every penny you deserve out of selling your home. No matter where you live in the dairy state, put one of Wisconsin's top real estate teams to work for you in selling your home and making the most of your real estate investment. Looking to buy a house instead? Tom and his team have you covered here as well, helping you craft and perfect the offer on your dream home. Visit SellingMilwaukee.com to find out how much your home could be worth and connect with the team to make your next real estate transaction a dream. Now, back to the show. The next scam, which we're reading about a lot, I haven't experienced this, but I've been reading with interest in our WRI magazines, the land scam is going along. So people are going around, realtors are getting listings. They think they're real excited about this listing of vacant land. And I'll just pick on Northern Wisconsin because they said that's where it's been the most prevalent. You have these tracts of land that have been owned by people forever, three, four, five generations, and nobody really keeps an eye on the land. So a realtor gets a call, said, hey, for family emergency, we need to sell this 100 acres. This seller creates uh, an email, which is free with the name, you know, Joe Smith. And the land happens to be open, owned by Joe Smith. And the listing broker gets a listing, gets, puts a really attractive price on it. It sells quickly. The seller does everything remote. He's out of state. And he says, yeah, I, don't, I haven't been back to Wisconsin in years. And they sign the offer to purchase. They hand it off to the title company. And the title company FedExes all the closing documents to wherever it is. And they sell the land. The guy gets the money. And everybody moves on. It takes months or years later for the person who was scammed to realize that they no longer own their land. Somebody sold it and somebody forged their name and it's gone. And the buyers find out that they bought the land. From that was never for sale. Not, yeah, it was never for sale. So that when I read that, I was like, oh, I can totally see how that happens. So that's on everybody's part. The realtors have to do a better job, obviously, there of confirming identities and lots of tips and tricks there. Have you guys had, I'm sure you've heard that story. Have you guys had any experiences on the title end where, Somebody has tried to impersonate somebody else? Yes. Uh, we have offices in other states, and we've had situations like this in our Florida offices and in our Texas offices. So this is a new and upcoming thing. Um, and what I loved what you just said was you need to verify the identity of the seller that you're working with. Tom, as a realtor, how do you do that? Right? How do you do that? I'll get them on a podcast with a video 
screen, right? And verify. Yep. So there, there's that. This is a good lead in too, because our company that we work with in protecting our wires is coming up with a service that will be able to identify that the person that you think you're working with is really that person. So in your example, I think his name was Joe Smith. This program is being tested right now. It's working, but they're still in the testing phases of it. And it's going to be very similar to how they identify who they're getting wire instructions from. It's going to go through that series of questions too. Did you buy a house in you know 2000? Did you have a mortgage with XYZ? This is a service that Nightberry Title is definitely going to get on board with. Uh, it hasn't been rolled out yet. Like I said, they're still testing it. But this is going to be really helpful for realtors that maybe have an idea that something just isn't quite right. And there are red flags to look for with that. Your emails are where it primarily happens. The wording is wrong. The language is a little bit off. If you just have that feeling that it's not right, it probably isn't. Yeah, because the emails, it's usually, like you said, one letter off, right? So if it was Joe Smith, it might say Joe's Smith or Joe Smith's. I should apologize to all the Bob and Joe Smiths out there because... They get a bad rap. Yeah, I'm going on a year here and I've used the term Bob and Joe Smith a million times. There's nothing, I don't know them, but I'm sorry, you have a boring name and I'm taking advantage of it. <laughs> all right, so we've talked about the buyer side of how they're at risk. What if I'm a seller? If I'm a seller of a house, I'm selling my house for 400 grand. I owe the bank 200. I need my 200 grand because I'm moving to Florida or I'm going to Arizona. What are my risks and how do I protect myself to make sure I get my 200 grand? Yeah. So same situation. When you're a seller in that situation, your biggest risk is the wires that are involved post-closing. We have many situations where a seller sells and buys the same day. And in that situation, they need the proceeds from their sale to purchase the new property. So wires are involved. Again, using a system like we do here with certified, you're guaranteed that that money is not going to the wrong place. And if it does, it's it's insured up to a million dollars. The other scam that we've been seeing is when it comes to mortgage payoffs. Like you said, this particular seller has a mortgage that needs to be paid off. It wasn't long ago that we were figuring out that hackers were getting into mortgage payoff statements and changing those wire instructions. So Certified Again came up with a system where we put in the wire instructions that were provided at closing. It verifies that those wire instructions are correct and accurate, and then it's okay for us to send that wire. What's difficult with wire frauds when it comes to a payoff is there's usually an extensive period of time that goes by before anybody knows there's a problem. Mortgage statements continue to come in the mail and the seller, the previous seller goes, well, you know what? I think this just crossed in the mail or what have you. I just sold this house. It's going to be fine. Another month goes by and another mortgage statement shows up. And then you start going, "What? why am I getting this? This was supposed to be paid off two months ago. Two months for sure the money's gone, right? So it's very important here that we use certified to verify those wire instructions too. So next question that I wasn't planning on asking, what about ransom? I mean, with your end, with real estate related, title related, have you had any instances or stories where somebody holds something ransom? Because you, you read about it and hear about it. I actually have a real story. A friend of mine who's an attorney, business attorney, he gets called by a company, said we've been hacked this firm realizes right away that this is over their head. So they bring in a specialty firm from Chicago and New York that deals with this sort of thing. They look at the case like, Oh, yep. Nope. This is real. We know these guys they're for real. They're legit. You're going to pay their ransom or you're screwed. And then it became an insurance claim. Then the insurance company needs to get involved to make sure it's actually happening. And it's not an inside job. 
But he had told me that the people, these cyber criminals were so smart and sophisticated. It was, they were like the most professional people they've ever dealt with. And they did, I, I believe the ending of the story was they did pay the ransom because if you didn't, you know, they could ruin your company. And apparently one of the agreements was that if you do pay a ransom, we will teach you and show you how to protect yourself and how we got in and that sort of thing. So they're so helpful, aren't they? Yeah. Well, he, he literally <laughs> said you. they had like, he said they had the, the best customer service. It's incredible. So have we heard, have you heard anything on the ransom, like using ransom on the title side? You guys are big enough. You're in how many states is Nightberry in now? I know you mentioned Texas and five. Okay. So you have a good, yeah, sampling to draw from. So, okay. So have you had a ransom? We have a pretty big footprint, that's for sure. Yes, there was a situation, not Nightberry Title, but one of another another title company that's larger than Nightberry Title on the coast. This happened to them years ago, and it was basically a ransom situation. And ultimately, long story short, that title company did pay the fee, and then they returned all of the files, all of the title commitments, et cetera, back to the title company. But all of the documents had been taken out of the English language and translated into, I don't know what country this was coming from, but into a foreign language. So then this title company had to spend a large sum of money, I don't know what the amount was, to get everything translated back into English. So it can be very costly and it can bankrupt companies for sure. So what about earnest money? You know, we've recently transitioned, at least locally in the metro Milwaukee area that we have a platform called trust funds where buyers can electronically submit their earnest money, which can be you know any amount, but usually between one and $10,000 is typical. And I've read that there have been instances, not locally, but maybe other parts of the country where earnest money gets wired to the wrong place and it's gone. Do you guys, do you, have you dealt with that? Have you seen buyers earnest money, like go to the wrong place or anything? At our office here in Port Washington, we're very fortunate that we kind of do things old school when it comes to earnest money. We have a lot of people that just, yeah, I do too. There's something to be said for just going back to a check and handing it to somebody, right? It's a lot easier. So thankfully, we have a lot of, of our customers that do that. They'll walk into our office. They'll give us their check. We'll give them a receipt. We're good to know, good to go. And then we deposit that into our account and we hold it until the closing. We do have a platform where earnest money can be sent electronically, but our customers here, at least here in Port Washington, don't really utilize that very much. To answer your question, though, Tom, I would suspect that anytime there's money involved and there's a wire involved, somebody's after it. Do you remember the Craigslist scam as it relates to real estate? Do you remember how this worked? We haven't seen it in a few years, but so our listings, and we, we have a lot of listings, our listings were showing up on Craigslist for rent. So I'd list a house on, you know, 123 Main Street for $400,000 my seller would call me and say, what the hell you've got? And of course they think it was us. They'd say, you've got my house listed for rent for only a thousand dollars a month on Craigslist. And I jump on Craigslist and holy shit, there it is. Somebody, you know, right clicked on the picture from any website and just posted it themselves. So we'd have to report them. I believe the way the scam worked is they would post it for such a reasonable rent that a tenant would be like, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. And then that person answering either a call or an email would say, all right, well, you know, wire me the, just send me a deposit for the first two months rent and I'll hold it for you. And we can look at it next week when I'm back in town. And I think some tenants were actually wiring 
security deposits to the wrong people. But that, that scam seems to have disappeared for the most part. I think Craig, I don't even know if Craigslist is a real thing anymore. Actually, it may have moved from Craigslist, but I just had to deal with this personally with a friend of mine who has a daughter who's looking to rent a property in the Washington County area. She reached out to me and very savvy for a young 21-year-old and said, I don't have a good feeling about this. Like what they the house was listed for sale by a local brokerage. Whoever the scammer was went online, pulled the pictures from the listing, and then listed it as for rent. And when she reached out to the owner wanting to get more information on the rent, you know, he was out of town, he was in Texas. But if you just send me your application fee, which is fully refundable, we'll get the process going. And she's like, I, I really like to see the property first. This scammer actually told her to go out to a property that she has no business being on and view the property from outside the windows. <laughs> so she called me and said, is this legit? And I looked into it and I said, this is not legit. So the the fact that real estate listings are online with pictures and all the information makes it easy for people to do this. Easy targets. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes too much information is uh, scary, but it's, it's, it's the world we're in. So, you know, um, yeah. All right, good. Well, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. I mean, so to summarize, I think the summary is if you are wiring money in a real estate transaction, do not ever wire it until you verify and potentially re-verify. Right? Yeah, correct. And as an ex-realtor, I know that, and Tom, I think you can you can back me up on this. When you're working with your customers, with your clients, you're the yes man, right? What can I do? How can I make this easy? How can I make this process simple for you? If I can just get the word out to all of the realtors who might be seeing this, never, ever get involved with receiving wire instructions or forwarding them to anybody. Just say no, which is hard for a realtor to do. You don't want to say no. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my listeners are fellow realtors. So yeah, don't ever forward wiring instructions. Yeah. If you're the realtor receiving the wiring instructions, you should probably be concerned to begin with. It probably wasn't meant for you. And that's probably, you're probably part of the scam, obviously, right? Absolutely. Go back to that buyer or seller and tell them, you know what? I can't help you with this. The liability, is, why even open yourself up to that? Have them contact their lender directly or their title company directly for further instruction. Well, I think we did a good job. We covered a lot of good topics here. Michelle, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and promote Nightberry, even though People really don't go to the title company, but if somebody needs to find Michelle at Nightberry, maybe they have a question for you. How do they reach you? Yeah, well, we're here at 117 West Grand Avenue in Port Washington. We're here Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. My phone number here at the office, the direct number is 262-284-2630. We're happy to help you with your title and closing needs. Cool. Thanks, Michelle. I appreciate your time. It was informative and fun. You're keeping that headset and mic, and we're going to come up with some more things to talk about in the future. Good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. My sign-off is always use a local lender. Michelle at Nightberry can attest to that. They love to use local lenders. Uh, always use a local lender. We'll see you at closing. And until next time, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to Home Selling Hero. For more, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with Tom across LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a question about selling your home or buying your next one, reach out to Tom at tom at tomdidier.com or call or text him directly at 414-881-3290. Home Selling Hero is a production of Tom Didier Real Estate 
in partnership with Westport Studios. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and any information presented during the course of discussion is presented as reliable under the laws of the state of Wisconsin. Be sure to consult a local agent in order for any nuances where you may live.